0: Atomic. hello everyone and welcome to another episode of atomic shart the show where we gear up in our giant robot suits and do battle with shardy monsters i am your host tyler and joining me as always is chief jaeger pilot justin what's going on buddy
1: oh uh, hell yeah let's drift
0: yeah nice Every time I hear the word "drift," I always think of like uh, Tokyo Drift, and whenever I think of Tokyo Drift, I think of Initial D. But we're mm. not here to talk about race
1: car anime. We're here. It to would talk be kind about... of awesome if they did like a like a new Pacific Rim movie that was a crossover with Tokyo Drift. I don't know how it works. Like like sentient cars that you need two people to drive. I don't know. There's something there.
0: Pacific Rim cross Fast and Furious. It's totally yeah. gonna happen. Destroyer robots all about family. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're not talking about that Today we'll be talking about Atlantic Rim Which is probably the first rip-off movie we've talked about in a long while uh, In case you couldn't tell, this is a direct mockbuster of the moderately successful uh, sci-fi film released in 2013, Pacific Rim
1: Also known as my one of my favorite movies of all time
0: Oh yeah, it's great, I love it Darn shame it didn't do yeah. as well as it did because people are dumb and want to go see grown-ups instead. But that's neither yeah. here nor there.
1: And it's too bad the sequel wasn't very good.
0: Yeah. Unfortunate. It's what happens, though.
1: The anime, though, is excellent.
0: Isn't Erica Limbeck in the, uh, the famous voice actress?
1: Yeah, she's the voice of the like the uh, robot computer. Oh, cool. She's a sassy robot. It's pretty great.
0: Yeah, I'd imagine. But yeah, uh, this is Atlantic Rim. This is... This came out in uh, 2013, around the same time as Pacific Rim did. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and, on the Wikipedia, check out the stats. So, this movie was directed by Jared Kahn, produced by David Michael Latt, David Rimway, and Paul Bates and Christopher Ray, with a story by Jared Khan, starring Graham Greene, David, Cho- Co- ah, David Chochaki, the rapper Treach, and Jackie Moore... Released on uh, in June 24, twenty thirteen, United Kingdom; July nineteenth, twenty thirteen, in the United States, with a runtime of 85 minutes, with a budget of five hundred thousand
1: dollars. So is yeah, is this the only one that has like no recognizable people in it?
0: Yeah, I didn't recognize anybody in this movie. Apparently, uh, the only the only notable person that I see on here is uh, Anthony Chris, who goes by the stage name Treach. And apparently he's a rapper of the hip-hop group Naughty by Nature, who I've never heard of.
1: I think I've heard that name, but I would not know their discography.
0: Yeah, same here. Uh, but yeah, despite the no-name actors, this one isn't that terrible, I don't think.
1: I mean, I'll say the acting is the worst part, so maybe they should have gotten some better actors, but...
0: Yeah, yeah, it's whatever, uh, but, uh... Let's go ahead and get into that plot, shall we?
1: We need like a plot song. Yeah, right. Plot
0: time.
1: Atomic plot.
0: (laughs) Or like do what Troy Baker does uh, for his own thing. He goes, plot!
1: (laughs) That's pretty good. We can't steal his thing though.
0: Yeah, that's his thing. But yeah, anyway, on to the movie plot. The movie opens up with an oil rig being attacked by a sea monster, and then we cut to a Mardi Gras parade to show the opening credits call, and then immediately cuts to a military base where representatives of NASA propose a deep sea dive to locate the missing oil rig, led by the best dude they got, who goes by the name Red.
1: Which is conveniently the color of his robot.
0: Yeah, we'll get into the Power Rangers stuff. Do you
1: think he had the name before he had the robot, or...?
0: Um, I think there was a line uh, in the middle of the movie where they said that his real name is Graham, and he was like, my
1: name's Red. Yeah, I'm just wondering, like, if he's like, I need the Red one, That that that's me.
0: That's me. I'm the leader. And the leader's always Red by Power Ranger law.
1: Right. Um, but one thing I will say real quick is, like, the... There's so many stereotype characters in this movie, but they like pretty much started off with the grumpy asshole admirable admiral admiral. Yeah. And like, he just seems to hate everyone equally. It's yeah, a he... really weird character choice.
0: Yeah. One of the weirdest parts in the movie is uh, right in the middle. Uh, and, and I'll get to it when I get to it. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about the admiral soon enough, but. Uh, apparently Red and his girlfriend Tracy, the the second main character of the group, uh, went off into this Mardi Gras party, drunk off their asses, and, uh, fighting several bums that badmouth them. For some reason. They then get called off to their military base with the third main character, Jim, and they just go off to dive into the sea with their three giant robots, which are never explained where they came from or, uh how the military got their hands on such big technology, but you know, it's a movie, whatever, who
1: cares. And they look exactly the same except they're color coded. Yep,
0: pretty much. They kinda look like uh off brand rock'em sock'em robots.
1: Yeah, they're really ugly.
0: They kind they kinda look like uh transmorphers, which I'm pretty sure is another asylum property. Oh
1: it is. Maybe that's probably like that's probably where they got the design.
0: Oh man. So they
1: could reuse some of the animation.
0: Yeah, I believe it, because the animation for these things is rough. But we'll get to that soon enough. Yeah, They, di- they dive in to look for the oil rig. Like, over 900 leagues below the sea, I believe.
1: 800 in fathoms.
0: 800 fathoms.
1: I can't fathom how deep that is.
0: Yeah, neither can I. <laughs> they go to the ocean floor and find yeah. a gigantic sea of sunken ships down at the bottom. And then they meet the giant monster that sunk the oil rig in the first place. They fight the giant monster, despite being told not to, and within minutes, reach the shore and fight on the coast of Atlanta. Red goes off to fight the monster on his own, and being the loose cannon that he is, endangers the lives of thousands, and eventually gets help from the military to kill the monster. And after uh, brief celebrations, he is immediately arrested for being too much of a loose cannon.
1: Yeah, specifically during that fight against the uh kai- kaiju. I mean, I don't think it ever gets a name. We'll just so. call it
0: Seadraman because that's pretty much what it is.
1: Sure. Against the Siegermon, um he like he shoots some kind of like ray beam or whatever and completely misses the monster and mows down a building <laughs> and just looks back, goes, "Oops," and then keeps fighting.
0: Did I do that?
1: <laughs> like People die- probably more people died than he saved. But he's still the hero.
0: If it was Anakin uh, piloting uh, the uh, Not Jaeger, he'd probably uh, blast the building and say, He'd probably say, Now this is pod racing. Oof. <laughs> but yeah, he gets arrested and gets confined in a military, uh, uh, solitary confinement. And the very same scene where he's arrested, some random dude goes by and tells Jim. Hey, my daughter's in this burning building, can you help her? And he goes to save this little girl who is totally non-compliant on getting out of this burning building.
1: <laughs> well, I, think, I, think, I think the idea is like to show how much better of a person Jim is than Red. Yeah. Even though that really doesn't matter at all.
0: It really doesn't. Not in the grand scheme of things, at least. But yeah, uh... He saves the kid. Red goes into solitary confinement. We see a montage of him exercising in this Red Room uh, and uh, screaming his lungs off. Then red he gets...
1: Room. Yeah.
0: yeah. Then he gets uh, visited by the grumpy Admiral, who pretty much confides him and, God damn it, you're a loose cannon, but you're the best goddamn soldier I've ever met. <laughs> and he flip-flops between those two uh throughout the entire conversation over and over. It's weird. Mm-hmm. He gets invited to a celebratory party where uh, they celebrate his victory over the monster, which is kind of in ill taste because the city is still in shambles, people are dead, and a lot of people have lost their homes, but whatever, let's get drunk. It's fine. Oh,
1: I don't remember that at all. I, I was dozing in and out a little bit in the middle, so I probably missed that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that part is pretty whatever, so it's pretty easy to miss. But I, it's a good thing I wrote it down, otherwise we'd... Miss vital information. Even oh yeah, though it's not vital at all.
1: I literally have a note here. So much of the screen time feels like filler. <laughs> so yeah, that we definitely would have missed something important.
0: There's more filler here than a Naruto. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Admiral learns from sketchy eye patch man. Uh, <laughs> I believe his name is Geiss. Geiss. Yeah, I remember tells... it's
1: stupid. Sheldon yeah. Geiss. <laughs>
0: His nickname is Snake. I remember reading that in the Wikipedia article. That's not mm. telling of his character at all. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Geiss here says that a long time ago, the military found two giant monster eggs that pretty much gestated over a thousand years. And one of them hatched into the monster that they recently killed. And the other one is still at large. And right on cue, the monster attacks
1: the city. and mm. uh, And it's at large. Oh,
0: yeah. It's large and at large. Um,
1: it's like, what, they say, like just way bigger than the last one? Or do yeah. they quantify it?
0: Though, with these asylum movies, size is pretty much a non-factoring issue because. Yeah,
1: it's really hard to tell.
0: It is really hard to tell. Uh, the, uh, Tracy and Jim go to break Red right out of his solitary confinement and go to face off the monster. But a plane nukes the monster and drives him into the ocean.
1: Yeah, I wanted to say real quick that um, to break Jim out, or sorry, to break Red out, Jim grabs this dinky little hammer, just like a, you know, a hammer you'd have at home with, like, a a wooden uh, shaft and everything, and just starts beating away at the doorknob on this, like, military-grade door. Yeah. Like, no.
0: (laughs) Funny enough, I recall reading on the Wikipedia article, yeah, I got it right here, uh, apparently they're supposed to film... On an actual uh, naval air station in Florida. But the asylum was denied permission uh, to film at the base after a high ranking off- official read the script and disagreed with the portrayal of the soldiers. So the production team relocated to a private helicopter airport that served as a stand in for at least seven locations for the film.
1: Wow. I mean, yeah, it does. Like, every time you see the military, it looks like random extras that have never held a gun before. Yeah. So I kind of believe that.
0: What, you didn't You didn't let them have uh, this military funding for uh, this uh, military movie? Get out of here. <laughs> but yeah, it is pretty funny regardless. Uh,
1: the military only gives their money to Monster Hunter.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> that or Michael Bay. Yeah. But yeah, uh, they drive the monster off. Uh, the three pilots uh, go off for an R&R session at the local bar. And they reveal that Jim and Tracy actually had a fling... And Rep takes this surprisingly well and before they could say anything that could pr- that he probably doesn't want to hear, the monster reemerges again and they go off to fight it.
1: This scene with them like having their heart to heart really bothered me because I mean it it could have been a good moment like you know, kind of deepening the relationship between the three, like causing a, a possible rift to that kind of thing. Um, and if this was a Pacific Rim movie where it's you know two Jaeger pilots to one Jaeger, and they have to, like, be drift-compatible, so they have to, like, you know, clear their minds and all this to to uh, have a good run. Like, it would be really, you know, it, it would be, a, like, a good conflict introduced into the movie. Yeah. But because it's just three people and their generic Power Ranger mechs, it means nothing. Like, there's no point in this scene. Because it yeah. doesn't affect anything else. <laughs>
0: Yeah, this is the only scene that they bring this up, and uh, yeah. they never mention it again, not not even at the end of the movie, where uh, they pretty much win the day, and, you know, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, they get these weird Halo things to uh, help give them better control for their mechs, because apparently, uh, when they control the robots normally, uh, they're way too slow and flimsy, so they go White Tiger Ranger in this son of a bitch um,
1: and I do like this concept, but I'm also just kind of a sucker for things like that. That's why I love Pacific Rim. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, they they don't... Again, it's a very generic version of it.
0: Yeah, it literally comes up at the last minute with barely any explanation whatsoever. Uh-huh. Like, the only real explanation...
1: And then most of the time you see them, like, it's just them inside their cockpits, like, swinging wildly with, like, just, you know, flailing their hands around like they're playing a Wii game. Yeah, right. <laughs>
0: Like, at least in Pacific Rim, uh, you actually see, like, uh, good chore- choreographed movements while they're inside the cockpit. And yeah, I- and there's,
1: like, HUD elements, so you can kind of see, like, a like a virtual version of the things attacking them and stuff.
0: Here, it just looks like they're playing on iToy, and it's really awkward. Right. But, yeah, um, they get these weird Halo things... Uh, They bring up the conflict that if they run out of power, then they die in their suits. And if the suit gets hurt, then they get
1: hurt as well. So. Although she didn't mention that up front. That's like, the Red gets hurt. And he's like, we got a problem here. And she's like, oh yeah, I knew about that.
0: Yeah, it's no problem. Don't worry about (laughs) it. It's fine.
1: These things aren't tested anyway, so who cares? Just
0: walk it off. You're fine. Yeah. But yeah, they fly off to go fight the monster. And, uh... They pull out their um, new weapons. Uh, I believe Tracy gets a sword. Uh, Jim gets a battle axe, and Red gets this weird shovel thing. I have no idea what this is.
1: I think it was like a hammer.
0: Yeah, it could know. have been. It it yeah. looked like a shovel to me, like a stumpy little uh, sandcastle shovel.
1: Yeah. What I what I really thought was funny though is when the giant monster finally does uh, like reach land. Uh, the military comes through, and there's, like, some people partying or whatever, because it's still Mardi Gras. And they're like, get out! Get out of the way! You gotta leave! Which, they don't say why. They're just like, get out! And get out, we're gonna die! Yeah, everyone starts running, but this one chick just turns around with her cell phone, and, like, starts recording the monster. And it's like, alright, that that's, ac- that's pretty accurate.
0: <laughs> yeah, man, I do that shit, too. So, yeah, while they're fighting this thing, uh... Geist secretly orders a nuke to blow up the creature in the city. Yeah, so now they have to juggle between fighting the monster and not have the nuke blow up everything. So Red manually disarms the nuke before it reaches the city. And in a salty fit of anger, Geist holds the, the mech team at gunpoint. And in a big Chad mood by the, by the, by the uh, Admiral, uh, Geist gets his ass knocked down uh, super hard and
1: gets uh, disarmed. Well, it's because his depth perception sucks.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, he's only like he,
1: got one eye covered up. Yeah, he probably shouldn't even have a gun. That doesn't seem very safe.
0: I'm pretty sure that eye patch is just decorative. Mm. Like, it's not the solid eye from Metal Gear Solid Four. So, what's no. his excuse?
1: And the scar in his eye is probably just makeup. He does it every morning.
0: He probably is. He probably just has a pimple under there and wants to cover it up.
1: <laughs> Did your scar move? No, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs>
0: But yeah, uh Tracy Sue powers down and nearly and she nearly dies. And as a last resort, uh Red takes the nuke and the monster in the space and blows them both up. His bot crashes to Earth, and he's totally fine. Yeah, like, don't that worry was about actually
1: it. a pretty dope solution. Like he just he grabs the nuke and like shoves it into the, the monster and then just you know flies out into space. Like it was cool. It was like a like a Tony Stark move. Um, yeah, that would
0: definitely be something he would do.
1: But I'm pretty sure nukes can't explode in space.
0: It's a movie. Don't worry about it. (laughs) I'm not going to give this any more forethought than the writers did. Fair enough. So, yeah. uh, The monster's dead. The day is saved. And uh, all three pilots go off to get wasted once again and presumably work off their uh, unresolved love triangle through a three-way. But that's just my opinion. Who cares? Probably.
1: I did find it strange, though, like... They could have completely legitimized that whole love triangle thing. I hate the word love triangle because unless <laughs> like one of them spy, it's not actually a triangle. But whatever. Um, it like it. They could have just killed Red, and then Tracy and Jim could have been together, and like there at least would have been some closure there of like they introduced this so that it makes sense when those two hook up in the end but no red was fine and then they, they just leave like there's no resolution
0: he's the main character he has to live i guess damn main character immunity you and your tricks
1: yeah it was just it made it a pointless subplot but then again the rest of the movie was pointless too so you know what am i saying yeah
0: it's par for the course <laughs> really um as for the characters themselves um between the main trio i kind of see their camaraderie shine through it is kind of endearing when uh, they interact with each other Mm -hmm. you know weird um love subplot aside
1: well basically every scene is just like i said there's a lot of filler it's just like one person says a line and then the other two have to react to it which means the those other two have to react to that line and it's just like it's constant back and forth dialogue so like since everyone just has to outquip each other of course it shows their camaraderie that's all we get
0: yeah aside from that there isn't that much character development between them uh, no like i think the only other character that i really enjoyed is the admiral because he's just that no nonsense mm-hmm. like he just looks like he's had enough of this shit he just wants to get out of here
1: yeah he's one day away from retirement and he's not gonna let you forget it
0: yeah definitely and probably uh the chadliest move that he's ever made in this movie is he's basically uh, facing a gun right in the face. And he just tells Geis, have you ever shot a gun before? And he's just completely unflinching the entire way through. Mm-hmm. He does get shot in the ensuing uh, chaos. But it just shows that he he just, uh, he belongs on the team, you know?
1: But even then they're like, we need to get you to the hospital. He's like, no, I'm fine. And just holds his arm.
0: <laughs> Don't worry about it. I'll just put a bandaid over it yeah i'll I'll have mama kiss it and make it better
1: like dude's a beast i didn't like him in the beginning but he came around
0: yeah as for the robots there isn't really that much to say Mm -mm. like they're about as generic as generic robot suits can get honestly
1: but like one thing i will give this movie credit for is the effects actually weren't bad well for the monster (laughs) at least i thought the robots looked fine Like, they were ugly, but, I mean, like, the way they composited them into the scene and stuff, there was, it was, like, there was a filter over everything that just kind of, like, made it all look equally fake, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, like, the scenes that were actually, like, the robots and monster attacking, like, you know, throughout the city and stuff, it looked natural. It didn't look like a clearly CGI model like slapped onto the scene
0: yeah it's definitely like when
1: the monster like interacted with the water and stuff it looked like it was actually splashing around in water like there there was some nice detail there even though everything was ugly
0: oh yeah definitely uh it's definitely less egregious looking than some of the other movies we reviewed on here and that's (laughs) saying a hell of a lot
1: yeah um like it's it's kind of sad that the best thing in this movie is the effects like i wanted more of the action scenes because i mean despite the really stilted animation like it was fun to watch
0: oh god the animation the thing that bothers me the most about the the bots themselves is uh when they're fighting they just kind of float around with no animation and they have these flimsy punches and kicks Mm -hmm. like i don't know it just looks extra janky to me
1: yeah there's no weight to anything and like a lot of their um their attacks are just one like one swipe over and over again yeah
0: man that's how you do it
1: but maybe it just it looked a little bit better because they really only needed two different cgi models that they could just reuse and i'm
0: pretty sure one of them's already been used in another movie but
1: right because the the robots were literally the exact same thing just with a colored stripe down the middle um and then the monster was just a bigger version of the last monster i mean like the you know the two different monsters in the movie. Yeah. Um
0: it kind of s- reminds me of uh the first form of uh Shin Godzilla 3 years before that movie came out mostly because of the beady eyes I don't know.
1: Yeah. But it had like tusks which
0: Yeah. Kinda weird. It is kind it is kind of weird. It's a deep sea monster so you expect strange things from way Yeah, I don't know. It. Like
1: I I didn't think this movie looked bad. Like it was very <laughs> they could have easily cut like half the runtime of this movie and it was already only like an hour and 28 minutes or something including credits um but like i think the the overall plot here was fairly solid um like the way it all plays out and like the action aside from way too many cutaways to them just inside their bots flailing their arms around like there was some compelling stuff there
0: yeah it's definitely uh, more entertaining than some of the other movies we've seen on here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Alright, so uh, let's get down to the rating board, shall we? Justin, how shardy is Atlantic Rim?
1: Despite the positives I've said, I think I have to go with like a 3.5. Because it's another one that's like, it's so bad, it's good. Um, so like it's firmly in the middle. But because, like, really the only thing I liked in it was the actual, like, action effects shots, and like, every now and then the characters, most of the lines they had were just bad. Like, not even, like, cheesy, funny, bad. Just bad. Yeah. Um, and, like, it didn't have that, like, kind of self-aware, stupid humor that, like, the... Uh, uh... Like, Mega Me-
0: Shark versus... Uh,
1: Crocosaurus, uh... right?
0: uh the one before that uh shit i'm forgetting these already mega
1: shark versus giant octopus
0: yeah there you go that's the one yeah
1: i was thinking of mega python versus um yeah that's another one Gatoroid. but anyway like, we're like 7 movies in and we're already feeding the titles that's sad um but like th- it was still an entertaining watch like maybe it's just my attachment to pacific rim um uh, that you know like I'll, I'll i'll just take whatever i can get at this point but I still, I surprisingly liked it, despite yeah. this being like the lowest rated of all the movies we're watching.
0: Yeah, that is pretty interesting. I'm going to give it a three and a half as well. Um, I do like the monster design. I think it's probably the best part of the whole movie. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of uh, the robot mechs myself, uh, even though it does have uh, elements of Power Rangers that I do love so. Mm-hmm. uh the characters are just kind of there Um, uh, the plot is interesting but it just meanders a lot and there yeah. and as you said before there is a lot of filler so it just feels like most of the time the movie's just wasting my time so mm-hmm. uh there are good things about this movie but it's just a bit of a slog to get through i
1: think it'd be kind of fun to cut this down into like a, a solid like robot versus monster short yeah right Just something like 20-30 minutes, trim a lot of the fat, and see if if it holds up that way.
0: Maybe in a different dimension, but in this dimension, this is what we got. Yeah. So yeah, uh, that's going to do for this week's episode. Uh, Join us next time as we get into uh, the next movie of the Asylum Monsterverse. As I go through the list here.
1: (laughs) As you vamp for time.
0: Next week it will be Mega Shark versus Mecha Shark. That's right. We're oh, yeah. gonna be we're gonna be visiting Mega Shark again, and it will not be the last time because I'm pretty sure Mega Shark versus Colossus is somewhere in there as well. Yep.
1: I think this is the one that brings back Debbie Gibson. I don't I don't remember for sure.
0: I believe it. She's been in
1: two movies so far. Well, I mean, like her character, like from. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. I think.
0: So yeah, uh, before we uh, properly send this off, Justin, where can the fine people find you?
1: You can find me if you look for zero score on Twitter or YouTube or Twitch. Um, theoretically, by the time this episode comes out, my second Ratchet and Clank retrospective video will be out. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that so that I hold myself to a deadline because I'm the one editing this episode, so I can look back and be like, you jerk, if I don't get it done. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's me every time I uh, edit a Tie Your Shoes. But I'm, I'm still getting in the middle of that. I'm getting out of my procrastination funk. And by the way, uh, you can follow me at Hey It's That Tie. Uh, check the pinned tweet to go to my YouTube channel where I do Tie Your Shoes reviews, where I review old ass fighting games. I am currently in the middle of editing this next one. And I will also hold myself to that statement <laughs> so I can actually get that done. Uh, you can follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv/tireshoes1, where I play through Fire Emblem Three Houses once every week. Uh, I'm planning on settling on Sunday seven sen- on a Sunday deadline for uh, seven Central Standard Time every Sunday. Uh, and you can also check us out at chartshot.com for all your movie and video game needs. Also, we uh, record the Games Gamescast every Monday evening at 7 Central Standard Time. So check it out on uh, Justin's Twitch channel at ZeroScore. So yeah, until next time, guys. Stay Shardy. Good night, everyone. Bye.